Hey gang, it's been a little while since I recorded a podcast, and that's because I've been putting ghostly activities through some changes. If you know the website, uh, it is mainly a tutorial site. And as I was going through and updating information, the different posts, I came to a startling realization. Well, maybe it's not startling. Uh, I'm a cozy ghost hunter. You're listening to Ghostly Activities. I'm your guide, Jacob Rice. And this is I'm a Cozy Ghost Hunter, and that's fine by me. So cozy ghost hunting, yeah. How can I explain it for you? Um, and, and just so you know, there's probably a lot of you out there that are cozy ghost hunters, and we just never really thought about it. So cozy ghost hunting treats paranormal investigations like a mystery to solve. I know you're thinking, wait, are you talking like Scooby-Doo? <laughs> and in a way, yeah. Um, but also there's a little bit of Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote in there. And how it works out is like you follow a bunch of leads, right? You hear ghost stories, you hear witness reports, and you pull together like this profile of who the ghost could be, who the ghost could be, and how you would go about collecting that evidence and then proving if that ghost is really a person in life. So in a way, it is almost like being an amateur homicide detective when you think about it. But <laughs> to get to more of the point, what is cozy ghost hunting? And... It takes its inspiration from cozy mysteries. If you know those, those are kind of the tales. I think Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote, right? The TV show. The deaths aren't really gory. It's really about sleuthing, pretty much being kind of a busy butt body and, and getting into the details of who died, what led up to it, who are the suspects. But at the end of the day, it's all about solving a case and putting a lot of meticulous preparation and craft into the ghost hunts because you're not doing it for a thrill and you're not doing it for social media. <laughs> I think we know some ghost hunting groups out there or individuals that are just all about getting freaked out on Instagram or TikTok, right? Uh, the other part of it, though, is this really close-knit team of other paranormal sleuths or members of your team working together and figuring out why a place is haunted, who the ghost was in life, how to put together all of these clues to get evidence to identify the ghost and solve the case. Now, not every case is going to get solved. You know, that's okay. I don't solve all of my ghost hunting cases. But at least when you put the effort into it, you should be able to rule out some of those other suspect ghosts. So, how do you know if you are a cozy ghost hunter? Well, there's a couple of things I would say. Um, and before I get started, let me have a sip of my very strong coffee. It's still early in the morning in the Pacific Northwest. Mmm. I love coffee. <laughs> But a cozy ghost hunter has these traits. Very curious. You ask a lot of questions. Ask what if, so what, just so, so you have an idea of what 
you can put together as part of your case and you're persistent and you'll continue even though you might run into a bunch of dead ends. Methodical. You follow a process because the process helps you find the best information and get the most relevant clues. You gotta love history, especially the dark stuff like tragedies, <laughs> murders, and other grim events because, let's be real, it usually takes that stuff to make a place haunted. <laughs> but the other thing is you think like an investigative reporter. And that means you know how to dig for information, you know how to interview people, you know how to source files. You've got to be brave because things get spooky when you go to these haunted places. Um, I would say, you know, maybe I'm overstating that one because I have to say I don't get scared very often on ghost hunts. Here's the other thing. And I think this isn't the case for every ghost hunter. You have to be comfortable with technology. Because with cozy ghost hunting, it's all about using gadgets to get the clues and evidence. And a lot of folks just want to run around with an audio recorder, more on that later. Um, and like a K2 meter, which is notorious for false positives. And they also think, you know, just because you go into a haunted place, allegedly haunted place, it doesn't mean that it's actually haunted. Um... So let's, let's come back to that topic on tech in a little bit. But you have to be very analytical. You have to know how to take the evidence. You have to know how to connect the dots. You know how all of this leads to a conclusion to solve the case. So in a way, actually, it's kind of like those murder mystery boxes you get. I think that would be an appropriate analogy to use. I just did one the other night called Trick or Treat, not in a, uh, an endorsement. It was a paranormal... Um, Paranormal Mystery from Deadbolt Society and Deadbolt Mystery Society. And you had to figure out puzzles to get clues. You list them all up. Every level you go through, you're using the clues as passwords to unlock it, more information. I think that's an appropriate way to think about cozy ghost hunting. Now, how to approach your different cases? Or as I like to say, is it really a mystery? Uh, you know, these, these haunts are everywhere around you. It all starts with a lead, and that's the big thing. And leads can come from anywhere. Like, I have a website for ghostly activities. I usually get emails from readers about a haunt. One of my favorite places to get some research, though, take it with a whole lot of skepticism and grain of salt. <laughs> Reddit. If you go into the forums, you can find a lot of ghost stories and ghostly cases. You can also do a search for ghosts near me, haunted places near me. The other good thing is, you know, your friends, your local community. There's always ghost stories. People have had strange encounters. And that might be, might be something you want to follow up on and, and see if you could go a little bit deeper into it. Another thing is, look at old newspapers. I love a library. I love archives. What you could do if you have like a subscription or at least take a trial of newspapers.com or newspaperarchive.com. Um, fact, fact check me on those URLs, but I'm pretty sure it's newspapers.com and newspaperarchive.com. And just go in and put in like murder, death, and your town and see what pops up over the years because that could be a good indication someplace is haunted or of course you've had a tragedy like a fire. And 
start your sleuthing there. Now, what makes these ghost hunts a mystery? Well, there's always a lot of open-ended questions with ghosts and hauntings. They're never really solved. And that's your job. Because when you go on a ghost hunt, ghosts rarely say, I'm Bob Smith and I died on March 3rd, 1912. Uh, the ladder slipped out from under me. I cracked my head on the sidewalk and died. That doesn't happen. <laughs> you don't usually get the ghost to admit to how it died. And so that's what makes it a mystery. Can you put the clues behind that suspected ghost together and solve it? Now, how do you find these clues? Well, we talked about a little bit, but I'll say there's a lot more documents. So, you know, we talked about the lead. You get the ghost story. You get the urban legend to come in. You do some sleuthing. You want to see if there's enough information there to even make it worthwhile for you. Because believe me, you're, you would spend a lot of time going down the research rabbit hole. So you have to do a sniff check to see if a case is even worth following. So the documents I look into, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, the archives, newspapers, deeds to property. Because <laughs> if you do your sleuthing for the deed, you might find out there was some controversy about inheritance with land. Perfect motive for murder. Government records, personal journals, online forums like Reddit, the interviews, talking to some witnesses or folks that have experienced ghost stories in your town, experts, you know, especially with a lot of these public ghosts like Peg Waverly Hills, for example. There's going to be a lot of experts that have done ghost hunts there, written about it, and it might be worth following up with them about it. And then the other thing you can do to get the clues to help solve is EVP sessions, because when you go on the ghost hunt and you start asking the questions, you are interviewing the ghost, or maybe it's an interrogation. The other thing is some trigger objects you could put out, something from a certain time when with the suspected ghost life, if you put out the trigger object, nothing happens. It could be because it's not really haunted or there's no relevance to the ghost. So you can use that to rule out a ghost. But the video that you set up, you might catch an apparition, environmental data. The big thing is you might see the same things happen over and over at a haunt that could indicate there's some ghostly activity. And proving that a place is haunted can be one of your objectives as a cozy ghost hunter. And then the different gadgets that a spirit will interact with. Um, like if it's a kid, I have a boo buddy. If it's a child spirit, kids tend to love the talking teddy bear. And so by using the different gadgets, it might give you a clue about who the ghost was in life. Now, well, I think one of the things that's different about cozy ghost hunting versus other types of investigation is you'll set up goals and objectives. And a lot of people think of them as being the same thing, but they're very different. Um, so what do I mean by that? Well, a goal is the end result you want. It could be, I want to prove that George Rag haunts his home in life. This is from a case I worked on in Spokane, Washington. While an objective is a measurable step you take to achieve that goal, so what are you going to do to prove George Rag haunts his home? And it could be, I'm going to use audio recorders to capture EVPs that indicate, yes, it's George. 
And it could be as simple as that. So the goal is kind of like what you want to achieve. Objectives are the steps that get you there. And I think that's easy enough to do. One of the other things is setting a parameter. And what a parameter does is kind of gives you a, a range of, of your goal setting. So with the George Rag example, uh, a parameter could be based on my goals, the best outcome is that I have enough evidence to identify George Rag and his motivation for haunting his home. But at a minimum, I want to be able to report on the ghostly activity in the house, what it may indicate, and what, if anything, the current family that owns it should do. And so, you know, you still have something to work toward. You always want to do the, the best case parameter, of course. Now, the next question I usually get about this stuff is how do you decide on the test to run when you go sleuthing? And all of that comes out of the goals and objectives. I like to let the clues I've collected from interviews and my document research pretty much lead what kind of gadgets I'm going to use. So if I talk to witnesses and they say there's footsteps and cold spots, well, sure, then I need to get something that would record the sounds of footsteps. And, you know, the big thing with footsteps, though, is they lead somewhere. So you want to make sure you can follow the footsteps because it might be a ghost taking you to a location in the house that they really want you to know about. Um, some of the other things, like using George Rag as the example, I wanted to use EVP that gives his name or yes, no type thing so I can rule names out. And so I'll need a really good audio recorder to collect that evidence. Now, in real life, you'd have to bring a lot of gadgets. Because <laughs> ghosts don't always want to talk to you. And you always want to make sure you can sign off on different types of evidence. Um, so that means you need video for visual clues. You need audio. We talked about that, right, for EVPs. Some environmental scanning gadgets. These are like EMF metric or EMF meters or the Eddy Plus to take care of temperature, pressure, and humidity. You might want to look into something that does motion detection or something that can tell you about interaction. So that would be, say, the Boo Buddy or the Envoy. All of this comes together during your ghost hunts to put the clues together to help you identify that ghost. Next thing I get, though, is how do you know when you've solved the case? And I have to be frank here. With hauntings, you really never know for sure. Ghosts have a way of not answering your questions directly or not at all. And it takes a lot of time investigating to get enough clues to make that the case. But most of us don't have the time to do that. You have to go back to the same place time and again. And say for a private residence, I would say you may never get a second chance. But if you do go back, there's still no guarantee that you're going to get the same activity as before. So you keep a running track of all of your clues and you have to be able to take those clues and map them back to the suspects from your, from your research who previously owned a house, who died at a house, uh, who had a long-term relationship with a property. And you keep trying. I got to tell you, I think I've only solved 20% of all of my cases. 
I still have a bunch of open ones, it's just I don't let them go cold. I come back to them at least once a year to see if there's something new I could do to help me solve that case. So that is my little bit about what's cozy ghost hunting. I'm going to continue this series um, going forward. I know everyone's like, give me ghost stories. <laughs> I, and to be honest with you, a lot of the, the ghost stories have done well from a download perspective. But some of my best recordings have been the tutorials that I've done were the explainers. And I think that's more me as a content creator. I'm more into, I don't know if I'd want to call it technical training or education or knowledge dumps, but I think that's what I'm best at. And so that's going to be what I do with Ghostly Activities, the podcast going forward. So again, if you like this type of podcast, I would ask that you like, share, subscribe, rate, review, and the most important thing you can do is tell your friends and family about it if they like this kind of stuff. And I would appreciate that a great deal. So until next time, gentle listener, be safe out there, get to sleuthing, and you'll hear from me again in about a week. Take care. <laughs>